The future of fasts and broadcasters are intertwined. Broadcasters are helping fasts catch up to their over-the-air channels and fast revenues are offsetting traditional TV losses. Listen on to learn more. This is End Screen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at End Screen Media. And today is August 17th, 2023. The fast market passed a couple of important milestones in the last few weeks, and US broadcasters have been helping them do it. This week, I'm going to look at the milestones and how the future of fasts and broadcasters look inextricably linked. But first... Endscreen Media is partly supported by its sponsors, and we've had some great ones in the past, including Gracenote, Verizon, TiVo, Metrological, and many others. If you'd like to become a sponsor and help keep the lights on here, email sales at endscreenmedia.com. There are many benefits, including being acknowledged in the podcast and being able to run banners on the site. You can tell my readers, for example, that you'll be at IBC uh, in just a few weeks. So uh, why don't you consider speaking to your marketing department and asking them to become supporters of Endscreen Media. Now, back to the podcast. So the first milestone that fasts have achieved is that they have caught up to over-the-air antenna usage. Uh, so let's review that data for a, for a minute here. So over-the-air antenna usage has remained pretty steady in the US in the last several years. According to uh, data from Hub Entertainment Research, the company told me that about a third of consumers say they watch TV via an, an antenna and 10% say they rely on only an antenna. And those numbers really haven't moved much over the last couple of years. Uh, and interestingly, the rollout of next-gen TV hasn't really made much impact on that usage. Proponents claim it will soon be available in 75% of US households by the end of 2023, and six stations in the Philadelphia area began broadcasting in the format just this week. However, the hub data shows it doesn't seem to be motivating viewers to start watching OTA TV yet. But uh, perhaps that will change as the stations roll out and when they start actually broadcasting in 4K because the stations, the X-Gen stations in my market are not broadcasting in 4K yet. Most of their content is 1080p and some of it is 720. So maybe when users start to see the benefit, that will change. But anyway, over the same period that Hub's data showed that antenna usage really hadn't changed very much, uh, well, fasts have exploded. TiVo shows that the number of free TV services used by US and Canadian adults increased from 2.4 in 2021 to 3.9 in 2022. That's a 1.5 service gain per user or per viewer, which is pretty impressive. And one of the biggest proponents, one of the biggest winners from that is Pluto TV. It's a market leader and monthly active users almost doubled between 2020 and 2023 from 43 million to about 80 million. So growth is certainly there for the fast services. And today, 
about the same number of people are watching live channels via fasts as are watching them via OTA. TiVo says that 64% of adults say that they watched, uh, they watch fast services with about half watching live channel content. So when you do that sum, that gets you to about 30%, which is around about the same 30% that Hub found were watching antenna TV. So it's pretty interesting that fasts are now being used just as much as antenna television. One of the things about broadcasters is that they are finally making the move to fasts in earnest. Uh, there have been many local channel launches on fasts over the last few months from station owners like Sinclair, Paramount Global and NBCU. Now this week, for example, the Roku channel launched 30 or so local channels from CBS and Fox. These channels are franchised by CBS-owned Pluto TV and Fox-owned Tubi, and they cover a basket of major DMAs, including Seattle, Los Angeles, New York, Atlanta, Detroit, Chicago, Boston, the Bay Area, and many others. Now, the desk claims that Roku Channel, the Roku Channel is the first fast service to launch network-owned stations from each of the big four broadcasters. Now, I couldn't validate this myself. There's just too many channels, as we'll see in just a moment, to for, for me to validate all that. But what I can tell you is this really isn't a very significant milestone since other services have affiliates from the top four broadcasters already. For example, Local Now, which specializes in local TV stations, has many affiliates from each of the big four available already on its service. So there's a good chance that a major city near you already has an affiliate from your favorite broadcaster on local now today. There are a few caveats about the fast versions of the local local stations. Uh, first of all, they generally only provide content that the station owns, not network provided content. So what does that mean? That means you get local news, local interest shows and locally produced shows on those channels and shows like Jeopardy, Saturday Night Live, The Late Show, uh, and all of the dramas and scripted and unscripted shows that are produced by the, the network that they are affiliates of are not included in those channels. Another caveat, well, if you live in New York or LA, you probably, you probably have several local stations to choose from. If you live in Zanesville, Ohio, you're probably out of luck. Zanesville, I think, has three channels. They only have one broadcast affiliate, NBC Wiz TV. And I couldn't find that on any of the fast services that I looked. However, I have to say, it isn't finding an individual station on these services. For example, looking on local now, I tried to see if Wiz TV was available there. When I did a search, it returned nothing. And I'm not sure if the search failed because I was searching on a channel name or it just wasn't there with so many channels. It was just very difficult to find that. Now, another area of interest is the growth in fast channels. I went over to streammetrics.com to look at their listings for the 14 top 
fast services. And it says that there are 1900 unique channels available on those top 14 services. And all the cha- interestingly, of course, because these are free ad supported and they are on the internet, those channels are available to anyone in the US with an internet connection. Stream Metrics says that Freebie has the most channels. It says it has nearly 690 channels available, which is a pretty amazing number. The Roku channel is second with 560 odd. Local Now and Plex both have about 480. Pluto and Sling's Freestream have 378. And Zumo, LG, Vizio, Watch Free, they all have around 300 channels available there. So those top 14 services have plenty of content for you to watch. But if you go and look at the over the air channels, what you find is, believe it or not, there are 7,000 over the air channels listed available in the US. However, Availability really depends on the viewer's proximity to a major metropolitan area. For example, I mentioned Zanesville, Ohio. They only have access to three channels, while New Yorkers can watch 87. And when I do a search on channels in the Bay Area, in the San Francisco Bay Area, I can find 117 channels using my rooftop antenna. Uh, But of course, that's one of the biggest differences between fasts and OTA channels is fast channels are available everywhere there's a broadband connection and many most of those channels are only available in individual areas. Fast channels are being added all the time so I would expect the number of unique channels to climb over 2000 pretty soon from that 1900 number. Along with local local TV channels, the fastest growing category is the so-called single IP channels that show only one TV show. Uh, for example, this week, NBCU announced about the availability of a bunch of its shows in the single IP channel form on the Roku channel. So if you go to the Roku channel right now, you can find a Murder, She Wrote channel, Little House on the Prairie, Saved by the Bell, all channels dedicated to those particular shows. And a lot more of them are coming. NBC also launched a Universal Crime channel, and that's going to feature episodes of classic cop shows like Columbo, Kojak, The Rockford Files, and many others. So I think this is one of the biggest growing categories in the fast market. And of course, this is quite unique. We don't see this in the -the over-the-air market, these individual IP channels. And because there are no bandwidth limitations, because there are no storage limitations, we really can launch as many of those single IP channels as we like. And that's one of the things that you will find on Freevee, where it has so many 690 channels. That's one of the things you'll find there. You'll find a lot of single IP channels. So watch for those to continue to grow. And it really has become apparent over the last few months that fasts and broadcasters, their future is really linked. Fast revenue is becoming increasingly important to them. For example, in the last quarter, Fox Corp said that ad revenue for the quarter was marginally lower than the same quarter last year. So they reported 688 million 
in ad revenue versus 698 million in Q2 2022. Now, they didn't say specifically how much they saw a decline in TV, traditional TV ad revenue, but Disney reported, I think, a 7 or 9% decline in TV ad revenue last week. So we can imagine that that decline was pretty significant. Well, Fox called out very specifically that growth at Tubi was instrumental in making up the difference, in making that a $10 million loss instead of a 40 or $50 million loss in ad revenue between the quarters. And Fox is not alone. Pluto TV provides the same support to Paramount Global. TV channel ad revenue was 10% off in Q2 2023 versus the same quarter last year. That's a decrease of $228 million. Meanwhile, direct-to-consumer ad revenue, which includes and is driven by Pluto TV, grew 20, 21% in the same period to reach $441 million. So you can see that without Pluto, without that streaming revenue from the fast services, it really would be a much bleaker picture for Paramount Global with that $228 million loss. And so I think it's pretty clear that as to the, the traditional TV business continues to decline, that broadcasters are going to move ever more deeply into the fast market. So watch the news and keep watching endscreenmedia.com. We will be reporting on those moves by the broadcasters as they increasingly become reliant on and intertwined with the fast market. This has been Colin Dixon with Endscreen Media. And I'll speak with you again next time. This podcast is the property of Endscreen Media. All rights reserved.